matter what we come to you with, whether it's our mess or whether it's our best, God, that you love us regardless. Father, that's my prayer this morning, that whatever it is on our hearts, that we would give it to you. We love you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Well, good morning. You have a seat. Good morning. This is an interactive time. You can you can talk to me. There you go. There you go. Uh, we are we're really excited about what God is going to do in this place this morning. And, and if you're brand new with us, make sure to stop by the next steps area before you leave. We'd love to get to know you, hear your story, and just even if it's just to get to know your name and maybe hear what this morning was like or um, maybe what brought you here. You know, whatever whatever it is that you want to share, we'd love to be on the receiving end of that. If you pass the friendship folders, we appreciate that. Let us know you're here. We we read over those. You're important to God. You're important to us. And those na- you're not just a name. Uh, you are a person with a life, with a story, with hurts this morning, with crazy stuff this week, with stuff going on at work. And so we, we pray over those things, and you're important to us. Um, one of the things that I'm really, really excited about here is just we, we have been having baptisms, like, all the time. <laughs> It's a good problem to have, right? It's exciting, and, and, I, and what I'm excited about is we're going to hear a baptism and see a baptism at the end of, of this morning. I'm really excited to witness Christian's baptism. Um, and one of the things that I love so much about Christian's story is, I think you all can relate to his, is he showed up, he came here, sat in the back, wasn't sure exactly what to expect, and then all of a sudden, like, he's starting to get involved, and then he's getting baptized, and he, he said yes to Jesus, he's getting baptized, and we're really excited about his story, to share your story with, with you guys, and so maybe some of you are like, what's my next step? What does it look like for me to take a step here at Crossroads? What, what does it look like for me to get involved here? And so uh, we're having our Next Steps class uh, right after the second service, and it's going to be in A207, which some of you might not know, there are numbers for the rooms, but if you head back by the bathrooms, it's the last room on the left, just like for me, I'm six foot four. Find me, and I'll tell you where to go. Um, but we're really excited about that. And if you've already signed up for it, that's where we'll be. And uh, if you want to jump in, um, just just let me know, and we'll uh, we'll do our best to accommodate that. Really excited about that this morning. We'll have many more of those to come, and so let me know, and we'll we'll get you on the list, and we'll update you. Another thing is that we are for our community, and we have a really exciting opportunity coming up on June 15th. So watch this video, and we'll share something. So we want to share the vision for this year, and we're going to have an interest meeting coming up next Sunday, April 29th, right after the second service. It will be start to stop. It will be an hour of your time, and we'll answer questions, talk about the vision, and get you signed up for a volunteer spot. Us as a church are going to lock arms from staff to people who have been here for six weeks. We're going to lock arms, and we're going to serve our community on June 15th at our June Jamboree. Really excited about that. We'll start sharing more information. There's also information in your bulletin for you to look at. Um, As the ushers come forward for our morning offering, 
just want to remind us all what our mission here is at Crossroads. Mission leaks. It leaks so we can say it and then it, you know, we have to say it over and over and over again. What we are all about here at Crossroads is bringing people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, Jesus who we talk about, Jesus who we get excited about even when we don't feel it. Jesus what we talk about in our classes, in our student ministry, in our children's ministry. That's what we talk about. We get excited about Jesus because his story has collided with ours. And we're going to hear from Daniel and Anita this morning, our missionaries from Ecuador. I'm really excited about what God's going to do in this place this morning. Would you join me in prayer? God, we love you. And we uh, just come to you, God, now just acknowledging, um, just getting everything on the table. And God, I know that uh, there might be some people here this morning who are just kind of saying like, what, what, uh, what's going to happen this morning? And God, we, um, we know you're always moving. And God, not just when we have a service, when we have a gathering, God, when we sing songs and we have lights on and we have sermons and stuff, God, you're working all the time. And so, God, it's exciting what you're going to do this morning, uh, just in the lives of the people who are here, God, and, and, if, and people who are watching online. God, you're going to use Anita and you're going to use Daniel and Ken this morning to just speak to us. You're going to move through them. We're excited about that. And God, at the end of the day, we are excited about Jesus And we want to tell more and more and more people about who Jesus is and what he's done for them because he has just flipped our lives upside down. And so, God, we give to that mission to see Jesus' name made famous in Finleyville, in Pittsburgh, God, our country, and in this world. We want to see more people's lives changed from the far reaches, the depths of the jungle, God, to the inner parts of the city. We want to see people know Jesus and be transformed by him. We love you. Thank you for first loving us. Amen. So we're going to introduce a, a new song this morning, and uh, one of the things I love about this song is that it just declares characteristics about God. And so life events that have happened to me have, have led me to this place where um, that's what I want to do. I want to sing about what God has done for me. And so um, that, that's what this song does. It declares praise to the Lord. And so I think there's power in declaring things before maybe we've seen it yet. So Psalm 22, 22 says, I'll sing praise to the Lord amongst his assembled people. So, so that's here and now. That's with each of you. So sing up if you would. We're going to declare this together. Sing it out in praise to our God. Come on.
God, your name is power. We declare that in this room this morning. God, soften our hearts as we hear your word. We're excited to hear from the Gonzalez family. We love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Let's give God a hand, man. What a great day. I love hearing you sing this morning. Wasn't that an awesome time of worship? Let's, let's give our God a thanks for that, man. What a great day. Um, today, we are continuing our series on Collide. And we've been talking in our series about how that your life collides with God's life. How that the story of God collides with your story. And everybody has a story. Everybody's story is a little bit different. But uh, what, what we're excited about is whenever your life collides with Jesus. And so today I have a special guest with us, and I'm going to be calling them up here in just a few minutes. But before, before we get to our interview this morning, I, I want to share with you just a few verses of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 1, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Uh, the, the author of Hebrews here tells us, he says that, therefore, we are also surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And you're, you wonder, what is this cloud of witnesses? And I used to think that the cloud of witnesses was just merely all the people that have gone on before us, all, all the people that, that have trusted Jesus and, uh, and have died and went to heaven. I used to think, well, that's the cloud of witnesses, right? And, and I think there's some truth to that because I, I think that they're getting to see what's going on for the cause of Christ. It's like when we watch the Super Bowl, you get to see it from far away and you can see, wow, there's great strides being made for Christ. But the, the cloud of great witnesses is actually over in the chapter before this, Hebrews chapter 11. It's known as the Great Hall of Faith. And it, it goes through some pretty famous names that you are, are aware of. It's, uh, it goes through the people of the Old Testament, Moses and Abraham and Abel, and, and just seeing that what, what God did in each one of their life as they stepped out and took, took a step of faith. And as you go through and you read chapter 11, you see that, uh, that they were witnesses not, of, they're not witnessing our life, they were witness to the power of God. Because each one of those characters in there, they were put in a position where things were bad, when things looked down, when it looked like it was over, when it looked like God was not going to keep his promises. And you see, I think many of us, we get in that same situation too. We start living life, we trust God, and then, oh man, all of a sudden it looks like God's not following through on his promises, like God's not doing uh, what, what he said he would do. And as you go through the, the great cloud of witnesses, you'll find out that they, they, were, uh, they were down, but they were not out. Uh, they found out that God is faithful. They found out that, uh, that God finishes what he starts they found out that you can trust him and you can give your heart to him. And so I want my place in that cloud of great witnesses. I want you to have a place in that crowd of great witnesses. Not witness to what I'm doing, but witness to what God has done. 
We're going to testify that our God is great, that, that he does this. And so he says here, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He says, listen, there's a prize. I want you to run the race. Uh, Jesus is at the finish line. And I want you to keep your eyes set on him. And and in order to run a race, you've got to get rid of the the weight. You've got to get rid of the baggage. You've got to get rid of the things that... And so that's where he talks about the sin. He says, all right, take that sin and get rid of those things that are going to distract you from following Jesus. And it's so important that we do that. But, uh, you know, I, I realized this morning that, man, we all want to be in that cloud of witnesses. We want to be like Abraham and Moses and, and see great things happen in our life. Why? Because he is faithful, because God is faithful. Verse 2, the author of Hebrews takes us to the next step. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He says here that Jesus is the author and finisher of faith. If you want to have faith, you've got to come to Jesus. You don't get faith from the church. You get it from Jesus. You don't get it from, from anybody else. You get it from Jesus. So if you want to have stronger faith, you come to Jesus. You keep coming back to him. Uh, if you want more faith, you go to Jesus. He will strengthen your faith. He's the author. He understands faith. He is the one who designed it. It, it, it all comes from him. He will launch you into faith. Uh, he will strengthen your faith. He will give you strength in your faith. He will perfect your faith. That means to complete it. He w- he, if you want faith, it's all in Jesus. He's the author of salvation. He's the author of faith. He's the author of world history. He's the author of everything. He's the author of your story. And I want you to think about this because as we just brag for a moment on the author of our faith, the, uh, the author of our story, of your story, of your life, I want you to understand this. There's a verse here in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. John was, uh, was writing this, and uh, J- Jesus came to John and gave him the revelation. And as you go and study the book of Revelation, you'll see all the prophecies of the end times. John is 90 years old at this point. He has already witnessed the, the life of Jesus. He's written the Gospel of John. And now he's 90. He's on the island of Patmos. And on this island of Patmos, it was kind of like... Kind of like an Alcatraz. You know, they would just kind of drop the prisoner off and leave them there. And so there's nothing fancy. There's no accommodations to to make him comfortable. And imagine this 90-year-old man. He's just ready to check out. He's like to be present with the Lord is going to be far greater than the next chapter. Whatever is God writing in my story. And look what Jesus comes to him and says. As he's laying the foundation for all this prophecy, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord who is and who was and who is to come, I am the Almighty. So he comes to John and he says, John, and he, you know, John understood the Greek language, so they're talking in Greek, and he says, John, I am the Alpha and Omega. That was the first letter of the Greek alphabet, Alpha. Omega was the last letter of the Greek alphabet. If he were coming and talking to him in Russian, he would have said that I am the, the Ah and the Yah, if he would have come to him in, Russia, uh, in English, he would say, I am the A and the Z. If you were going to come to him in Chinese, I don't have a clue what he would say. Okay? But I'll tell you this. 
It's the first and the last letter of the alphabet. The first and the last letter of the alphabet. And so what, here's, here's what Jesus is saying to him here. He says, I have got everything under control. I am the author of life. I'm the author of faith. And I have from A to Z. There's nothing in your life that will happen that escapes my command, that escapes what I know is going on. A to Z. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you take the analogy of the first and last letter of the alphabet, all words, he's got every letter in between. I have the A to the Z. I've got all. So all the words that get put together, he's got it all covered. And as the words get put together into sentences, he's got that covered. And as the sentences get put into paragraphs that become your story, he's the author. He's got it all covered. And John is at 90 years old. Uh, he, he's, he, he's, he's going to write the next chapter of John's life. And John is not expecting this. John is ready to, to just let this thing go. But God says, I am the Alpha and Omega. John, I am the one who was, who is, and is to come. He says it again in the same chapter. Go down a few verses. He says it again. I am the Alpha and Omega. He comes to the end of the book of Revelation. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Four times total he says it in the book of Revelation. And so there's a huge message for us here. God is in charge of your story. And I'm so thankful that God had the story of the cross and that your story is a part of his story because God is writing a story with your life and he's not done with it. Right now, you may be struggling with some of the chapters and you may be saying, man, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I just feel disconnected. I feel disconnected from God. I'm struggling with this area. Th these things have been painful. And as you look at all those areas, I want you to know that God has not finished. He is still writing your story and your story and God's story have collided. This morning, I've asked Daniel and Anita to come. They are from Ecuador, our missionaries to Ecuador. Would you welcome them to the stage this morning? Daniel and Anita are, uh, they've become really good friends of mine, and uh, I'll never forget, about nine years ago, Mark Slagle and I did something crazy. We got on a plane and went to Ecuador, and, uh, and I was text, I was emailing Daniel, because he, he had stopped by the church. I remember he prayed right down on the floor at the end of the service, and I was like, that man loves God. I want to go down and see what he's doing in Ecuador. So I started typing him an email. And he thought that I was uh, Pastor John, who's like 30 years older than me. So, because uh, I'm like asking him, is the water okay? Do you have a mattress for me? All that stuff, you know. And he's like, oh, man, this is an older guy coming. He's worried, you know. So me and Mark get on the plane. We get off. And I'm like, boy, he doesn't even look the same as whenever I saw him in church. And I'm like, oh, man, this is wild, right? And, uh, and, and he said, do you want to go to the jungle? We're like, yeah, let's go to the jungle. Little did we know what that meant, and, you know, and we, we got off the plane, and uh, we, we got into his house about 1 o'clock in the morning, and then uh, they said, okay, Daniel goes, okay, brothers, you go to sleep, I see you at 5 a.m., we leave. I'm like, you mean get up at 5? He goes, no, 5, we leave. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, you know, Daniel's good at that, and he got us in the car, and we drove five hours to, five hours to another town, and then from there we took a, a little puddle jumper. And, uh, and, and there wasn't enough room for our luggage. Something was wrong with the scales. I don't know. They, they looked at the scale. And made me get on the scale. They said, nah, we don't have enough room for your luggage, right? Yeah. So, uh, so they, I, I went in with literally a shirt. They took my Bible. They said, that's too heavy. Uh, they took our water jug. Me and Mark had like a gallon of water each. They took the water jug off of us. And I'm like, we're going to die in the jungle. You know, we're going to die. <laughs> 
And he's like, no problem, brother, no problem. I get in there, he's like, I got an air mattress for you. Uh, and, but, but these animals ate holes in the air mattress. No problem, no problem. I'm like, I'm going to die in here. Then, then we get the strongest storm I've ever seen. The kids thought Noah was coming. Remember I talked about Noah in the jungle, and they thought God was coming back that night, and so did I. It was the, I'm telling you, you're in the rainforest. It was the craziest thing. But we've developed a friendship, and it's been so good to have this friendship. And many people in our church have been to Ecuador. Raise your hand if you've been on one of those trips, all right? Quite a few people. Let's give them a hand, man. We thank God for you guys <laughs> stepping out. So uh, I wanted to share, though, many times we go on these trips, we get so busy, and, uh, and, and they, they come into town, and it's so fast, and I said, would you share your story today? So Daniel, would you share your story of how God met you? Like, how did your story collide with God's story? Okay, I was lost in Buenos Aires. This is, I born in Argentina, uh, and I was looking alive, you know, when you are young, you want to look in a... Uh, Happiness, plan. you know? Yeah. And we tried to fill my life. My life was empty. I tried to fill with this, with this. But finally, I was a destroyed life. Running and the drugs, alcohol, and nothing was good for me in these days. But we have a friend, and my friend was another. It was in Europe. And I went to his home to ask him, her mother how, is, how was him. How, you know, and she was a Christian. And she started to share me about God. I don't remember exactly, but she told me something about God. He go back to my home. This day was a very difficult day. Weekend to sleep. One of my life was completely uh, a mask. It was bad. And one night, I remember, I said, I need God. We don't know God, but I say I need something. And I, I think, okay, I, I, I need to look in God. And next day was a Sunday. Yeah, I make the decision to go to the church. Maybe my idea was a bit, because I was Catholic, go to the Catholic church. But my, I remember something about to my mother friend. Yeah, I went to his church, her church. And her church was an evangelical church. Yeah, I remember very clearly because this day, open door was a small church, a Baptist church. And the pastor shared this day a message with a piece of bread, big bread in their hands. He say, Jesus is the bread. You are hungry, come in and take it. I received Jesus this day and... God started to fill my life. Little by little was changing in the church. Yeah, I was growing there. He anymore was empty. Wow. Jesus was dead. So how old were you at that point? I was 24. So 24 years old. He's, he's lived a childhood without Christ and uh, just trying to fill his life with all the things that, that we all, many people have tried to do that. You just go out and say, all right, you know, I'm filled with money, I'm going to fill it with drugs, alcohol, you name it, you can try and fill that void, but only God can fill that. So can we give God a hand? Just thank God for what he's done in his life, man. And, and then Anita, and how this is going to work, Anita is going to, is going to speak in Spanish, all right? And then he will, uh, Daniel will translate, and then I will help translate anything he messes up, all right? So, he so, corrects me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
last night I was like, oh, raising my eyebrows. I was like, let me help you on that one, okay? So, but, uh, so, uh, uh, so Anita, now you were from um, Argentina. Argentina, and you were from Colombia, right? Yes. So Anita, you know, in, in South America, they just move from country to country like we move from state to state, all right? So it's kind of that atmosphere, and South America is just a wonderful place to be. But she grew up in Colombia. So tell us how that your story collided with God's story, how you came to Jesus. Okay. Yo nací en una casa católica. En una I, I born in a Catholic family. Muchos hermanos. Many brothers and no, sisters, seis. 11. Eh, hermanos y hermanas, ¿no? My older brother was the first to come into Jesus Christ like a savior. When I was nine years old, my brother was a Christian. Now he brought a letter to my mom. I invite you to this place because there you can to know you know what happened with my my life. Six, six of, of our brothers with my mom coming to this place. When we arrived there, was a Baptist church. Y everybody was a, making a welcome, a hug. Why these people is like this? Very friendly. But we attract us. Cuando llegamos a la iglesia nos dividieron por clases. In the church we, they divide us uh, to the classroom for the Sunday school classes. Y en mi clase de escuela dominical, my uh, class, mi maestra me dijo, Ana, the tú teacher tienes told uh, me you are a sinner. Pero Dios te ama. But God loves you. Él murió por ti en la He cruz. He died in the cross for you. Y necesitas recibir you a Cristo this, para ir like al cielo. A, uh, Jesus like a savior. Así que ese día yo acepté a Cristo and en this, mi corazón. This day I received Jesus in my heart. Y todo cambió a partir Everything de changed. Al año siguiente le dije Dios quiero ser misionera. Ir One a la year misionera. after I was ten years I dedicated my life. Y acá estoy. I am here. Let's give God a hand man. Isn't that awesome? I want you to catch something here. Uh, nine years old, comes to Jesus. Her life, she becomes a follower of Christ, and now she's a missionary. Do you know what's going on downstairs right now? We are loving our kids. We don't have our kids downstairs just so it'll be quieter up here. That certainly helps me end on time, all right? But uh, that's not why we do that. They're downstairs with loving arms, and people are opening up God's word, and we're teaching this to them so that they can understand on their level that Jesus loves them and that they need a Savior, and that God will change your life, that God will give you life if you just trust him. Do you realize what's going to happen downstairs? One day, there's going to be a nine-year-old little girl that gets saved and is going to become a missionary. And some of them are going to become lawyers and doctors and, and stay-at-home moms and all, those, all these different type of things. But God's going to tap a few of our kids downstairs, whether it's a little girl, a little boy, and he's going to say, you got adventure in you. You want to get on a plane, don't you? Let's go to Africa. Let's go to Ecuador. Let's go to, to Brazil. Let's go to Europe. Let's change the world for Jesus. That's why we do this. And this is Exhibit A. Let's give God another hymn. And that just fires me up. If, uh, if, if you'd like to get involved, uh, look in the bulletin. I believe it's May 6th. Courtney will be having a, a, a Canopy Kids who's going to have a, uh, an information meeting how that you can get involved. It's on May 6th in the evening, uh, Sunday night up here at the church. I want to encourage everyone, look, you, if, you can, 
if you can smile, if you can remember one name, God will use you. There was an older guy that was in my Sunday school class growing up, Matt Pettigrew. He, he hardly said a word, but he was there every week, and we learned to love him, and he started praying for me forever. That's how these lives were changed. And so, Anita, so let's fast forward now. I remember meeting, uh, I, I remember seeing Anita at the Bible college that I went to. She came on a tour because she had become a missionary, and she married a fellow named Ramon. And her and Ramon were just a newlywed couple, went into, into the jungles of Columbia. And I remember as a student at the Word of Life Bible Institute, and they were Word of Life, Word of Life missionaries, and uh, as a student, we would get report from Columbia that, hey, there was trouble with our missionaries, the guerrilla warfare was bad, uh, the drug trafficking and the whole guerrilla warfare thing, and it was intensifying, and then we, we got some really tragic news. She came up after that and shared her testimony. So, uh, Anita, if you would share that testimony of what happened there and how God worked through all that. Bueno, como dijo el pastor, like a pastor say, I was married with a missionary. We was going to Colombia jungles. It was a border with Venezuela. We started the Bible Institute for Indigenous there. I was happy looking at a place where God called me. Muchos años oré para, para estar Many ahí. Years I was praying for this. Y yo le dije, Dios, estoy lista para servirte, sola o casada. I am ready to serve alone or single or married. Y me dio el privilegio de But estar casada. But we have the privilege to be married. Pero nunca sabemos los planes de Dios. But we don't know the plans. Y eso es God mejor, plans. no saberlos. Y es better to don't know the plans. Porque estar en las manos y en el control de Dios es lo mejor. Because, you know, sometimes you don't know what happened. If you know, maybe you're scared. Pero Dios tiene el control de But God have a control. Ramón siempre me decía. Uh, Ramón told me all, all the times. Tenemos que vivir cada we día como si fuera el último día de nuestra every vida. Every day like a last day. Y esa era la manera que hacíamos. We, we make like this every day. Mucho ministerio. Many ministry, muchos lugares para visitar. To, compartiendo el evangelio. To share the gospel. Un día hicimos un campamento. One day we start the first camp in the jungle. Eh, y había escrito mucha gente. Eh, many people was uh, ready to go. Pero la guerrilla vino But y, y mandó un, una amenaza. She said, you made this camp. Vamos a tomar a los hombres. We take all the men's. Y van a trabajar con nosotros y, sembrando coca. Y they were with us with the coca farms. Así que teníamos un gran we, problema. We have a big problem. Pero Ramón preguntó a, Ramón a los padres en la iglesia, ¿qué hacemos? To the elders in the community. ¿Qué hacemos? Uh, y ellos dijeron, haga ese campamento. Make this camp, the people say, you Porque know? lo que ustedes van Because a enseñar you teach something important for our kids about to the word of God. Va a cambiar sus vidas. Change lives. Hicimos el campamento. We make the camp. Fueron 100 jóvenes. Hundred, uh, young people coming. Ninguno salió sin conocer a Everybody Cristo. Was the gospel and Jesus y teníamos muchos planes, muchas plans, nuevas metas. Goals. Pero no conocíamos But lo que Dios quería. We don't know the God's plans. Solo estábamos en Only el lugar we donde Dios nos había él tuvo que hacer un viaje terminando el campamento. Finishing the camp, Ramón need to take a, a, a trip. 
Y ese viaje era el pueblo más cercano al aeropuerto. town y él me dijo Ana quédate que yo voy you want to stay here, I go and going back. era un viaje largo was a long ir way. y volver en un solo día was a one day, was few, but very long, ten, ten hours, you know? así que a la mañana antes de morning, salir before de la mañana, they leave, leímos el salmo 121 121. Que dice Jehová guarda nuestra salida Jehová guarda nuestra entrada y nuestra salida y Dios hizo así con la vida de la Ramón guardó su salida pero guardó su entrada al hogar celestial él no regresó ya era tarde y yo veía al capitán del pueblo que vino The leader in the town coming to my house. Y me dijo, Ana, hubo un accidente. Ana, was an accident. Se encontró la lancha, pero We no. find the boat, but Ramon is not there. Y era muy difícil. Was it difficult? Eh, me emociono porque volver I, a pensar. Yeah, en when eso, I uh, remember this, yeah. Es ver la mano de Dios We, en mi vida. Also, I look in the hand of God. Porque si yo no tuviera el Dios que tengo. God. Uh, Is, uh, my, my strange, es mi fortaleza yeah, Él me sostuvo he was his hand. Su palabra me sostuvo Pero But Tenía muchas preguntas we have many ¿Qué voy a hacer? What tenía 19 años was, I was 19 years there in the y, y le dije a Dios ¿Por qué? I asked God why. Solo tuve que entender we, only we knew to que Dios tiene el control, God have the control y que debía continuar we need to keep going, agarrada de su mano. Taking his hands. Así que yo le doy gracias a Dios I want to say thank you porque Él puso su palabra para because sostenerme. He puso, his word to puso personas que me ayudaron a, a tomar buenas decisiones. Un día yo le dije a Dios, no puedo más. Un día yo le dije a Dios, no puedo más. Eso es muy difícil. It's too much. Pero él me dio un versículo. But God gave me a verse, que me sostuvo y verse. que me, me, me hizo ver que es mucho mejor lo que él tiene preparado para mí. Que lo que yo estaba viviendo en ese momento. Yeah, better things to this moment, you know. Y es Romanos 8, 18. Romans 8:18. Romans 8:18. For I consider the sufferings of this present time Uh, not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Así que, Now, tuve que a I su was promesa. take his promise y and keep going. Y aquí I am here. <laughs> wow. So she lived, yeah, let's give her a hand, man. Give God a hand. So, so she lived in a jungle. It was a five-hour canoe ride to, the, to where they lived. And as they got down there to that, to that area, they set up and, and went to live. And her husband went to take somebody back to an airport somebody was visiting. He leaves on the five-hour canoe ride, never comes back. Three days later, they find his body. And uh, she has a book out there in the foyer. You can look at it. It's, uh, it, it's Crossing the Valley, I think it's called, that she wrote. And uh, I want to encourage you to check that out. But she, Daniel and Anita, are in the cloud of great witnesses. Do you see that? 
They're, for me, they're my, they're my modern day Hebrews 11. The, the, they're, they're my faith heroes. They've stepped up. And did you hear what she said? I just trusted God's word. It was painful. It was hard. It was hard to overcome. And so, I mean, 19 years old in the jungle, newlywed married and serving the Lord, all her dreams, all her plans instantly shattered. And then she comes out of the jungle and heads back to, a, to, the, to the Word of Life missionary, uh, mission zone in, uh, in Argentina. And uh, Danny, why don't you pick up how that you and Anita collided. <laughs> yeah. um, God was working in me. You know, we don't know exactly the plans. You know, it's, this is true. But when you go back uh, looking, no, the, the journal in your life, you came to see God was making something, was in control. Sometimes looked like something is not good. But for some reason, God take Ramon, but no Anna. And Anna have another plan. And now it's me. You know, I, God include me in his life. Or she was in my life too. Because I was ready to serve God in my church. I grew up in a local church. Yeah, I learned a lot in my church. I, I grateful because I yes, I learned many things in the Bible Institute. But my lesson, big lesson, life was, uh, you know, discipleship, uh, preaching everywhere was in the church, my local church, and my pastor. But people told me in this day when I, I, you know, I born again in the church, very small church, all the old ladies praying for me, you know. They invite me, they home, everybody looking me for a girlfriend. But, yeah, because this is the church, it's a family. This is the church. It's a family group. And, and then many told me, you need to serve God. Yeah, I say, yes, I am serving God. No, you need to dedicate and go into the seminar. And one time I went to the seminar. But there was too much academic for me. You know? I, my, my call was not be a pastor. I don't understood there. But after that I understood. Call me to be a missionary. No? If the different was, you know, ready for different stages. No? I am ready for different stages because this is my life, our life with Anna. But I arrived to the Bible Institute finally. I was studying the Bible there. But one day I look in, I feel saying to Adam, alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find Like Adam nobody. and Eve, he was alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was praying. No, I, I put my Bible verse was uh, Psalms uh, 37.5, you know, the light in Jesus, he give you the, your if deserves. You delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And, uh, my, my desire was to uh, have a, a, a family. Um, but my life was destroyed. We, uh, we are nothing. We are, you know, we don't, it's a grace. It's completely a gift. God give me a new opportunity, give me a new life. And I asked God, give me a wife. <laughs> I was looking in the Bible, many girls. We, uh, my classroom was 150, a lot of kids in World of Life Argentina. But everybody was looked like too much younger, you know, not too much mature. I was looking at four-wheel drive girl, all terrain. <laughs> 
He went a four-wheel drive, all-terrain, rugged woman. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Ready for everything, you know? Yeah, I was looking there. Yana was there. She was a widow. She was a missionary these days. She shared her testimony. I was nothing. A student, don't have nothing to offer. But I said, okay, maybe God. Yeah, I was start to pray for her. And one day I take her, you know, to the, yeah, courage to go. You're after out. Yeah. And I went to her because she was working in the staff. Yeah, I was a student. We have a break in the middle of the morning. After the, they have a break, they ring to go to the classrooms. Yeah, I was there waiting to her. She doesn't appear. Everybody say, you need to go to the class. Everybody told me, you need to go to the class. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, I was waiting. One moment I appeared here. Yeah, I, I remember I tell. I am praying for you. God bless you. Pretty slick. Yeah. <laughs> because I understood she need time to think. You know. Maybe she was not. After that I understood. She was not ready. She was not open to another relation. But I was praying. God respond prayers. I was one year praying for her. It was my final. My year was a third year. Close to be finished, she, she said yes. We was married, after that we start to pray for the next step in our life. My goal, our goal was going to Argentina. We don't have plans for go outside to our country, my country. But God didn't have plans. And Joe Jordan called me and he asked to me, we are looking at family to go to Ecuador. Are you ready? He said, Ecuador. <laughs> Where is Ecuador? <laughs> I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll, because... We'll put the pictures up at the yeah, same time. Ecuador is it's a small country in South America, different to my country. Same language, but different. And I tell the, my director, okay, give me time to, to pray. How many days? Three days. Go back to Anna, ask to her. We are asking to invitation to go with War of Life to Ecuador. Yeah, I remember everything, we make a list. What is in Argentina? We have tools because we have, was a carpenter, aluminum carpenter during this day, was my support by my hands. Yeah? I say, here is my tool, my truck, my family, everything. Me. There in Ecuador, nothing. Empty the list. Only the luggage, five luggage we bring to Ecuador. This is only. Say, here, trust, maybe, me, capacity or, you know. The another was God. Say, okay, we take this option. We trust in God. Maybe God wants something with us in Ecuador. We test. It's not we go back, no problem. And we was in 27 years we was there. And God provide. God made more to our ideas. He keeps more and more. And it's not finished. Amen. Let's give them a hand, man. We really appreciate them. <clears throat> you, know, 
as, uh, as, as you're watching some of these pictures up there, you'll, you'll just see some of their, their life in, in the jungle there, some of the trips that they take. And they're, they go, they're currently, they, they told me they're going over to a, a little island near, uh, near Colombia now. This is very dangerous. And I, I called them the other day. How are you doing? Oh, brother, we're going to a dangerous area. No problem. I'm like, no problem. Okay. And, uh, but God, God uses these guys, and they still keep going because it's the gospel of Jesus. Uh, and, and just a closing thought here this morning, um, before we go to a baptism in a few minutes here, would you share about how the, the camp, you've been there for 27 years, and then we have a special connection with you guys on this camp. Yes, so. yes, because, you know, uh, the group, first time, you know, first yeah. group was there. And this day we was crossing out, you know, in the ministry you are like this. Sometimes you are in deep times, you know, disappointed or uh, hard days, you know, asking God something. God say, sometimes they don't, nothing. Sometimes you say yes, sometimes it's no. Yeah, another time, nothing. It's not, don't tell nothing, it's because he's working. <laughs> sometimes wait. Yeah. Yeah. In the moments, you know. And we ask for a camp. We make camp in different places in the, around the Ecuador. Because it's our ministry is around camps, camps, youth camps. But we rent in places. But these places are not good. Not good places. We sleep with Anna in the tables of the dining room, <laughs> in the bus, in the car, everywhere, you know. Because we don't have facilities. But we are God many times. And finally, God responds, if we was looking a place. But we don't have the money, we don't have nothing, but we have a place. The same moment when the Pastor Ken and the group was there. Yeah, remember, because we make a circle, yeah. if Pastor Ken reclaimed, I don't know. Yeah, we, we asked God to give you the land. Yeah. And after that, God provided the land. I say provide the land because you say, okay, provide the money. It's true. But I don't have the money. I don't have somebody called, hey, Pastor Ken, give me <laughs> the yeah. money. Or he, what a he, life. He calls, I need 40 grand. I said, so do I. Or what a life. People think, you know, you are what a life missionary. What a life support you. No. The what a life don't support me. God support me. And people, godly people, you know, and this church too. But this was a big budget, difficult, impossible. But God provides. But this is not the only, because the land is there. Now you need buildings. How much? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> impossible for us. But this is good. When this, something is impossible in your life, something great is coming. God is a provider. God works for you. We, we, we saw this because now we have a facility for 200 kids there ready yeah. we are dedication in October because we are using the game but we need to, okay God we need to make a day we say okay this is dedicated to God dedicated to children uh, young people to Ecuador receive the gospel to Jesus Christ this is the purpose to the work if we have missionary with us working hard Working with the hands, because uh, working for God is not only preaching. This is the easy part, share. But the rest is administration. Luke. Yes, there. Luke. Administration. <laughs> administrative. He needs a lot of administrative work. There's people working on the um, camp. There are, there's all kind of 
knowledge to be about different yeah. subjects. But God also is, is moving. He's growing, you know. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Uh, let's, let's thank God for this day, man. What a, what a great day. We've been blessed. As ju- just before we have our baptism, I, I just want to remind you, why does God give you a story? Why? Why does your story look different than mine? Somebody gave me a donut and told me to come to church. I've been coming as long as there's donuts. Um, well, why does my story look different than yours? Why, why, why Anita in the jungle lose her, lose her husband, Ramon? Why? why? Why did he not come to God until he's 24? Why? Because it's all for the glory of God, and God is writing a story, and you can trust him, folks. You can trust him. You can hang your life on it that God is working. And you, you may say, wow, I don't like that chapter I just came through. It's okay. Maybe you don't like the chapter that you're in now. Maybe you're afraid of the future and what's, what's to come. May I share this with you, that God's story, when it interacts with your story, when it collides together, there, there's a purpose for it. The, the Apostle Paul, Saul, had persecuted Christians. Uh, he, was, he was the number one enemy of the church. And God got a hold of him on the Damascus Road. He shone a light on him and he blinded him. And his life became changed. And God even changed his name to Paul. And now half the New Testament that you read was written by Paul. And and it was like, wow, this guy was radically changed. And you know what I see in the scripture about Paul? He tells his story over and over and over and over. He keeps going back. I was blinded on the Damascus Road. Look through the book of Acts. You'll see he tells it over and over and over. In Acts chapter 26, verse 28, he was, he was giving a defense before King Agrippa. And it was like, you know, he was under persecution all the time. So he tells his story under King Agrippa. And as he's telling the story under King Agrippa, Acts 26, 28 says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You have almost persuaded me to become a Christian. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. Do you know what your story is for? It's so that you can tell your neighbor, that you can tell your relatives, so that you can tell the world. These folks here, they are, they're in Ecuador. They're telling their story over and over and over. Why? Because God has been writing a new chapter in their story every day. They, 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 from the jungle, from the time she lost her husband in the jungle to the time that these two got married, to the time that they had their own two kids. They have two wonderful kids. One of their daughters was here last summer interning in our children's ministry. Priscilla, just fantastic person. God is using their family all over the world, and it's because somebody cared about them and said, Jesus loves you. So don't be discouraged by your story today. You may not have a dramatic story. God's not looking for drama. He's looking for you. And he's coming today, and he wants to include you in the story. That's why he went to the cross. And so I want to encourage you to use your story so that others will say to you you've almost persuaded me to become a Christian or you have persuaded me because your story is important let's bow in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed today as we prepare for this baptism I want to ask you today to uh, to just come to Jesus maybe you're saying Pastor Ken I have not yet opened my heart to Jesus Today, God wants to include you in his story. And I ask you to just open your heart to him and just call on him now. Say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a savior. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. And I want to invite you into my life right now. 
God, include me in your story. I trust you with my life to continue to write my story. And the chapters ahead, I'm fearful of, Lord, but I know I can trust you. And the pain over in chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 5, wherever that pain was, know that God was never left you. And God has a plan for your life. Maybe others in this room, you need to come and surrender to him today. And just trust what he's done. Lord, we, as we come before you, we thank you for the story. The story of Daniel and Anita Gonzalez. It's, it's written by you. You're transforming lives by their, by their story. By going in and telling people in the jungle, by telling people in the city, by telling people all over Ecuador that Jesus loves them and that Jesus offers them eternal life. God, I pray that same power will be in this building today to transform our hearts and lives. God, as we, as we move to baptism and we hear uh, yet another story, Christian Safinski, who came just a few months ago and you reached out and you grabbed his life. God, would you be blessed as we hear his story? In your name we pray. Amen.